0: This, this, time
1: this time on, time on Holy,
0: Holy Ghost, Ghost.
1: Notes.
2: That's so bad. I have a podcast and I really need to talk to you. Thankfully, that part wasn't recorded. You're just a crappy pop punk band. It'd be weird. That's really what we're saying. It sucks, man. It's terrible. But awesome. Good job.
1: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Holy Ghost Notes podcast. My name is Mac Reiner and I'm with my co host, Tim Anderson. Yo, what's going on? Thank you for joining us, um, whether it's your first time listening to our podcast or whether you've been with us since the beginning. Um, we started this podcast when I was actually going through a fairly difficult time in my life, and this podcast has actually helped me a lot, um, if for nothing else, just to look back yeah. and see where I was and where I am now, and I'm really grateful for that, yeah. Um, I was actually at the doctor's office today, and it's pretty timely, the conversation we have uh, tonight. Um, in light of the conversation I had this morning with my doctor, I started I started going to this new doctor's office uh, right around the time, actually, that we started this podcast, right before, I would say. Mm. And uh, it was a tough time. And um, my my doctor was fairly instrumental in helping me not just with, um, health issues, but also with just being there and helping me make the connection between my health and what I was going through. Yeah. Which I wouldn't have made that connection on my own, but she's just like, well, okay, you're going through this and this is happening. Right. Um, so she knows a lot about what I went through, um, and how I've learned, um, to be better and, and change and, Um, learn from my mistakes, um, deal with grief, all of that. And we were sitting this morning in her office for my one-year checkup, like my annual checkup, just to see how everything's going. And um, she, at the end of our visit, she said, I am so happy for you. You are, I can tell you're doing really, really well. Mm. And I'm just really happy that that you're in the place that you are now and i said well you saw me at probably my lowest place in life and um i said i have learned a lot and i'm really glad that i can help other people because of what i've learned Mm -hmm. and she looked at me and she said well that might um that might have been what got you through a lot of the challenging things that you went through yeah over the last three years four years and I left and I I thought about it and and she's right, absolutely right. Um, but in the midst of grief and challenges and the circumstances I was in, um, you can't see that. You can't look ahead into the future and say, Well, one day I'm gonna be um grateful in the sense that I learned what I did through this. Yeah. Tonight's episode is about grief. Mm-hmm. Um and the drum topic is about the person that we're grieving, um, which is Claire. Mm-hmm. Claire was uh, a friend of mine, um, a friend of the inner circles, and uh, just a wonderful, sweet person Yeah, that I'm glad that I knew. And so we are dedicating this episode to Claire, uh, both the
2: drum topic and the faith topic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she was... Um she wasn't like anyone I've ever met before, you know um, and i I really only met her for the first time in uh, at uh, Christmas Burns red um, mm-hmm. had, a, had a few conversations with her um, in the inner circle group and and on some of the the group chats that we have on wednesday nights and um, so I got to know her like a little bit, I guess as much as you can from just a few virtual meetings, you know, um, but mm-hmm. I had heard her band's music. She had shared her, her band's music and I was really impressed by that. Um, mm-hmm. but I just remember I'll, I'll never forget actually seeing her in person for the first time, uh, because I didn't actually get to see her until after the show. And uh-huh. so I walk <laughs> up to her and she's sitting in a wheelchair holding a gallon of milk. <laughs> it was just such a strange cause she, you know, uh, from, at least what I knew of her up until that point, she had no problem walking. Um, yeah. So I guess someone had, a crowd surfer had fallen on her during the show. And That's true. I she decided to stick that. it through. Um, so I'm walking up to her and she's, uh, she's in this wheelchair and she's holding a gallon of milk. And, and uh, I was like, what, what's with like the milk? Like why are you drinking milk? And come to find out she's allergic to water which I've never heard of before. Mm. Uh, It's apparently, uh, it's a real condition. Other people had it or have it. And, uh, and sure enough, like she has to drink milk instead of water to, to stay hydrated. So, Mm -hmm. um, so that, that was my first, that's something that's always going to stick with me. But, but yeah, she was, uh, she's such a, just such a beautiful person, like inside and out. Like she, uh, she really cared and, and, uh, you know, put, uh, put others first. And, you know, again, I didn't know her that well. Um, but I always, I always take notice of someone who catches my attention mm-hmm. when there's not a lot of interaction. You know, if, yeah. if someone stands out, it's like, Oh, there's something special about that person. That was Claire. So, um, it's been really tough when, when, um, just for everyone listening, who's not part of our inner circle, you know, when we, when we heard the news, um, you know, we kind of called an emergency, uh, group chat, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, just kind of were there for each other and just kind of talked and, um, cried and, you know, uh, remembered Claire, um, and, uh, you know, I'll probably talk about this a little bit in our, in our grieving topic, but one thing that came to mind during, that, during those moments when we were all just being together was that everyone has to grieve and process loss and process pain in their own way. You know, mm-hmm. like I was, you know, just looking around this group chat and, you know, a couple of them were cracking jokes. And I was thinking to myself, man, that is such a healthy reaction, but like, you mm-hmm. know, like that's how they're processing this right now. Mm-hmm. Other people didn't have the ability to even say anything. They were, you mm-hmm. know, in tears or just couldn't get the words out. Um, you know, other people wanted to just talk about, um, you know, how, you know, the good, the good times with Claire and, you know, focus on, On that during this time Mm -hmm. other people wanted to uh, you know just say how wrong it is that this happened you know so everyone was like processing Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was just from from my perspective (laughs) seeing this happen you know everyone was processing these things in their own way and I just think it's really cool and I think it's important that we do process pain in our own way Um, and it's better to process it that way than to push it off you know, right. it's better to acknowledge what happened and to grieve and to, you know, if you need to question why is this happening, I don't understand, then do that. If you need to crack some jokes, <laughs> like, cause that's what, you, you know, that's the type of person you are, that's how you process do it you know as long as you're processing that pain and not just saying I can't think about this right now well maybe that's how you process maybe it's <laughs> maybe you can't think about this right now maybe you have to think about mm. something else play some video games do something but um, mm-hmm. as long as you take the time to actually process let yourself grieve that's so important because I mean God knows how many times um, I've decided not to process that pain and just yeah Mm-hmm. you know move forward like nothing happened um and then right. it comes back to bite me in the ass later on like it's right. that's what happens but long story short like Matt said this this episode is uh is for Claire um we miss her um and uh if there's anyone from Claire's family listening right now uh just my deepest condolences and um i hope that uh you sense how how much Claire is missed and uh, how much we honor her today.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's right. Absolutely. Have you ever thought about um, how when you start something in life, like a podcast or a band uh, or a business, or when you build a relationship that brings along other relationships, friendships, mm-hmm. that... Something like this happens, and you look back, and and, um, you could have never known that you'd be in a situation where you were friends with someone, and the only reason you're friends with them is because of the thing that you started Mm. or the friendship that you made, Yeah, right? You made that connection. You could have never manufactured that on your own. Right. But here you are, and here we are talking about a girl that we met... um, A couple years ago and became friends with yeah and you look back and you say man my life is different because of her and i'm so glad that i i got to know her i'm so glad that we got to meet and Mm -hmm. that we got to live life together in a sense for a certain amount of years a certain amount of time and I think as I look back on um period of my life when I was going through something challenging, I I can't help but think that we like to take for granted how much time we have with anything. I mean, it's it's one thing to say, I hope to live to be eighty, right? Yeah. But then we on on a micro scale, we look at, you know, at other things. Like I hope my band makes it five years. Right. Or ten years. Um and I think it's unfortunate actually that we focus so much on what we expect it to be instead of what happens. Hmm. So we had a couple of years with Claire and those were great years. And I'm, I'm here today celebrating the fact that I got to know her, Yeah, that I got to meet her, that I got to spend at least a certain amount of time with her. Yeah. And I think that that's a, a pretty, a pretty good way of looking at life in general because we really can't control much. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I can control what word comes out of my mouth next, but that's that's really about it. it there's there's not a whole lot can't that even we can do actually that <laughs> I really can't. I really can't. <laughs> yeah, uh, thankfully that part wasn't recorded. Um, <laughs> but seriously, there's 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 so much to celebrate about the fact that we got to know Claire and we That's got right. to meet her. We're fortunate enough to be um, in the situation where where we were her friends. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that my takeaway from this before we get into the drum topic is is really to um, to use that to look forward and remember what's behind me. Mm. To look forward and be like, Claire changed a little bit of the way that I live my life. Yeah. I like the fact that she was courageous enough to talk to me about what I was playing on drums. Even though she couldn't play it, Yeah, she would be like, hey, let me tab that out for you so you know what you're playing. Hmm. And I'm like, hmm? <laughs> I just played it for you. No, but let me show you what it looks like on paper. Yeah. And so she'd take a little break and she'd tab this out and she'd show it to me, <laughs> here it is, what do you think? And I'm like, that's incredible. How did you just do that yeah. in a matter of minutes? that's the kind of person she was and it it really today it really i thought about it today it really hit me that she had the a sense of who she was mm. and you her 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 heart was big but her her skin was thick mm. and you could you couldn't really get at her um with criticism and with you know negativity and and life couldn't couldn't take her down yeah it really couldn't beat her up with all the setbacks she had. I mean, she battled through a lot. Mm. And in the end, you know, she is at at peace. She's at rest. And although none of us really know what, what happens um, when you breathe your last breath, um, we know what Christianity says about it. But I'm just so glad that I got to know her and I'm I'm so glad that she doesn't have to battle with so many of the issues and so many of the The stressors that she had in her life. Yeah, Um, and also I'm
2: impressed at the way that she handled it all. Yeah, With such resilience. Mm Mm-hmm Yeah, that's right. That's right So uh, with that being said, why don't you take us into our drum topic which was inspired by Claire?
1: Okay, so um, if it's your first time listening to this uh, to this podcast, we do a drum topic and then we do a faith topic mm-hmm. or God topic. The uh, drum topic today is called "Carving Your Own Way," and this is inspired by Claire. I remember doing Zoom lessons with her over the years and just seeing how excited she was to be playing, to mm-hmm. to be inside of this glass house that um she had made it contained her drums it contained most of the noise of her drums and she's like in her happy place and we'd spend like 30 minutes together sometimes we do an hour lesson the first thing I noticed about her playing was that she would just go for it if I showed her something I learned from Matt Garska that was pretty technical as a way of figuring out what skill level she is she she couldn't play it, but she would try, mm. and she would she'd mess up, and then she'd start over again. She'd be like, ah, you know, just just you know, just give me a second. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm just here watching you learn this thing, figure it out. And um, that's not all that common to see in a student, mm. you know. Typically, you see students who are like, ah, I'm not, I can't play that, and they, they aren't even going to attempt right. to start playing it. Um, she did. Hmm. And I was always really impressed by that. And then alongside of that, she would take a piece of paper and she would notate what I just played. And she would show it to me like, this is what you just played. This is what it looks like. And then she'd say, I'm a visual learner, so I need to actually see it Hmm. to get it. And I'm like, well, I'm actually like that too, but I'm not, I can't tab
2: drums as (laughs) fast as you. (laughs) Different strengths,
1: yeah. (laughs) Right? And... um." She taught so many students. I think at one point she was teaching up to 50 students. Wow. I know. Man. And she was teaching like vocal lessons, drum lessons, mm-hmm. piano lessons. I think she did guitar.
2: Yeah. She was a bass player in her band. I know that. She was a
1: bass player in her band. So. I saw her perform yeah. at Blue Ridge Festival. How oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's, I'm glad you brought that up because I talked to her right before they played big stage we're actually playing on that stage later on that day Mm -hmm. and i was like i went up to her i was like claire how are you doing she's like oh my gosh i'm nervous (laughs) i'm so nervous and i i remember thinking like man that's kind of surprising to me and the reason it was surprising is because she doesn't put off that kind of
2: yeah like
1: she she, it just doesn't it it just didn't seem like nerves ever impacted Mm. her and I remember seeing her on stage like oh my gosh I'm kind of nervous you know I hope this goes okay Yeah. so I actually went out front and I I stood for most of their show stage right in between the barricade and the stage sub huge subwoofer right in front of me and I watched her and her band play uh, and she was just so happy mm-hmm. huge smile on her face nah. Yeah. oh my gosh and I look to my right and I see you know a couple hundred people watching them play and I'm like That's my girl, that's Claire up there, you know. Claire, you're doing awesome, good job. Like, you don't look nervous at all. (laughs) You're doing great. That's awesome. Papa Matt. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, So, all right, so bringing that back down to drumming, um, I had a lot of drum lessons over the years and many of them were pretty terrible. And what, what I take away from Claire's personality and her perspective is you have to take everything with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. And the the biggest part of your thinking and your view of yourself and your plane should be you, not what other people say. Yeah. Claire had that. She had that X factor of like, I see all these people doing all of this and, oh, that's cool. I want to take a piece of that, piece of that, piece of that. But it, it never was a bigger part of her than than what she had to offer. Yeah. And she believed that. She really did. And, and that's such a strength. Um, it's not a strength of mine. My tendency is to inflate what other people say more than what I say mm-hmm. inside of my own head. Uh, I've gotten better at that. But certainly at, at her age, I mean, she was, I think, 23. Hmm. Um, yeah. I wasn't I there. Right. Yeah. I wasn't there. So Mm. as a drummer, I think there's a lot to learn from that. What you have to offer, what you've been given, what's in your DNA and your plane is so much more important than what you're taking in from the outside. All of those are influences, but it should never be the primary thing because what you have to offer is yours. Mm. And, there's nothing that can touch that. There's nothing that should shake that. If you take a road going this way, like, I want to sound like this guy or this girl, you're steering course away from what you were designed to do. Yeah. And it's it's great to have those things speaking to you. But it's, it is of most importance that you stick to what you have to offer. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really what you have to offer the world, not just yourself. Yeah,
2: that's right. Yeah, I think that the phrase, you know, stay true to you is what mm-hmm. ultimately applies here, right? It's I, it's funny that, you, that, that you're saying this because this is such a good reminder to anyone at any point, <laughs> no matter where you are in your drumming. And it's, you know, we talked about like five ways to improve your drumming. I would... Almost group this in with you know if we were to come up with like ten ways this would be like yeah. on that list of like yeah. stay true to you and and it's um one of the uh, I had a conversation with with someone who I idolized as a musician. Um, when I, I was probably 9 or 10, I was really getting into pop punk, MXPX, mm-hmm. and Blink-182, and I think Reliant K might have come out with their first album or something, like, right around that time. And uh, so I was this, you know, 9, 10-year-old, and and I will always remember what um, he said to me. His name's John, John Ikowski. I'm not sure if he's listening. Probably not. But um, he said uh, that the best thing I could do is to um, just... Well, so he was referring to me vocally, but he said, just sound like yourself. And mm-hmm. I think I think what brought it on is I was like playing some music for him and it was all pop punk and, you you know, there's like that accent to the pop punk singing and like mm-hmm. you start to sound a certain way. And he's like, my my biggest regret in life is that I lost who, who I am. Like, I don't know what mm-hmm. I sound like because yeah. I wanted to sound like this person and I wanted to sound like this person. And so now I'm this like, you know conglomeration of all these different people and i don't even know who i am like i don't know what my voice was supposed to be um or what it actually is because i'm always thinking about sounding like this other person he's like don't do that (laughs) that was that was this you know this advice that i got as like a 10 year old kid listening to pop punk um and I can't mm. say that I really took that advice, uh, mm-hmm. but but doesn't <laughs> negate the fact that it was great advice um, and something yeah. that the same advice that I would give to someone else is, um, you know, no matter what you're doing, um, you know, do it for for you. You know, yeah, you have to ultimately be happy with with your playing or your sound. Like so, do do what you love. You know, make it sound mm-hmm. like you. Um, it's. Uh, it's something that that I can say that I've struggled with uh, at many points in my musical career, if we can call it that. And it's mm-hmm. like that that struggle of like do I do what what makes money mm-hmm. in music? do I sell out, so to speak? do I you know just play what I'm being told to play or do I do I be myself? Do I stay mm-hmm. true to myself and do I you know be happy with what, what this is. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I mean, I don't, I I think I've done a little bit of both (laughs) at different times. Sometimes (laughs) I've done the sellout thing where I, you know, I get the gig and I play what I'm supposed to play and it sounds like Uh the person I'm supposed to sound like. Um, Uh but then there have been times where I've, you know, just done, done it for for myself. And, um, and I got to say that that those times are the most fulfilling, you know, when I'm doing something and it sounds exactly the way I want it, want it to sound and no one else, it's not for anyone else. It's for me. I can listen back to it and, and love it and appreciate it for what it is. Um, Mm -hmm. that is, uh, very fulfilling. Um, Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I just had a thought while you were talking. Um,
1: sometimes I think about it like this. No one really knows what they're talking about is is a pretty decent start to <laughs> doing the thing that you're doing. Yeah. See, because the thing that happens is you, if you look around and you say, "My gosh, everyone knows exactly what they're doing. Everyone knows exactly what they're talking about." You stop trusting yourself and you start trusting everybody else. Mm-hmm. And in my experience with drumming, at least, at least, it's the case that when i listen to interviews from some of my favorite drummers coming up through uh they talk about the records they were doing when i loved them and they're like we didn't we didn't really know what we were doing we just sat down and played or oh my gosh i had terrible technique when i recorded that album and i'm like what mm. i looked up to you like i thought you were the gold standard <laughs> for how things should <laughs> yeah. be done yeah trust yourself is a much better place to start than trust everybody else right because Here's the thing. Everything is always changing, and there are certain things that are closed-fisted, you know, com- completely true all the time, and then everything else is open to interpretation. So, okay, here's a good example. Um, Bliquin eighty two just announced that they're coming back with Which
2: Tom. Which I am so stoked about.
1: <laughs> Same, and <laughs> most of the world is. And Tom's voice <laughs> is not a voice that if you heard um, without music, you would say, oh my gosh, he has a phenomenal voice. <laughs> yeah. But there is no better voice, in my opinion, for Blink-182. That's right. It 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 is perfect in every way. Mm-hmm. And if Tom would have said to himself in the beginning, I don't know much about Tom, but uh, maybe he did say this, but if he would have said in the beginning, like, I need to sound exactly like that guy. Yeah then we would have never had Tom- mm-hmm. which is the voice of our childhood I yeah. mean it's like his his voice is so awesome and mm-hmm. so unique and I mean it yeah, is it's just like it's perfect for what they're doing yeah um that's the kind of creativity that's the kind of trusting yourself that I'm talking about here yeah because if he would go into a collegiate setting and and have lessons with a vocal trainer and be like all right how am I doing I, my guess is they would rip him to shreds be like you're not you don't have good technique you're you're pitchy (laughs) you know there's all these things wrong with your voice my gosh you're a mess Mm -hmm. um and instead he goes in and he he captures this idea of like what it is to have teen angst and what it is to to sing about things that uh, are 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 pertinent to so many of us Mm -hmm. that that we feel like we are understood yeah you know when he's singing it and it's so fun to sing along and I, i think some of it is because um, I can't sing very well, and i I have fun singing to blink E too because it's like oh okay, like i I can hit those yeah. notes actually right. pretty <laughs> pretty well, so can you be the kind of drummer who's playing your own way, even when you have people criticizing you saying that is not the right way yeah i I, I say this from personal experience because I lead double bass with my left foot, and I've always done that because right. it's comfortable
0: yeah,
1: and fortunately I haven't been ripped to shreds too many times for it but it's definitely weird odd <laughs> I, I have gotten a lot of like um, funny comments about it <laughs> and I've just stuck with it and I'm really glad that I have because it's it's natural to me and I've been able to come up with rhythms on my feet that um, are different than people that lead right footed th- that are normal <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that don't have wires crossed in their brain like me <laughs>
2: be weird that's really what we're saying yeah i mean Uh, trust yourself i think i think i mean blink 182 is awesome but i think what really got them start like their start was just their honesty like they were just having fun like they still refer to themselves as the crappy pop punk band
1: yeah
2: like they're just a crappy pop punk band that hit it big you know and it's because they were just like just them they were just being themselves and um so it's, uh, I think there's something to be said about about that, about just doing you, being unique, and, uh, and we each have something unique to bring to the table. So, um, if you're saying I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I have that thing, like I don't know if, yeah. uh, I don't know if I can be me and it actually be unique, but th- that's that's a lie you're telling yourself because everyone has something special. Um, Absolutely. And so, to play into those strengths, you know, find uh, find out what makes you you, and and capitalize on it.
1: I mean, here's the thing: as I'm talking about this, I, I I am hearing myself say things that people have been saying for all of time, which makes it a cliche. It makes it a stereotypical thing to say. It it yes, it is that way because it's true. Mm. Because it's generally the case. yeah. And so um, bringing it back to Claire, Claire was the kind of person that created a legacy by being herself. Mm -hmm. She trusted herself. And she did things that you wouldn't do if you were constantly trying to adapt and please everybody around you. Yeah if you were someone who was scared to step out because you didn't feel like you were competent, you didn't feel like you had it figured out that day, mm. which is so typical of drummers, uh, which is the opposite of what most drummers do. In other words, it's very common to hear a drummer say, ah, I, I'm not ready for that, I need to practice more, right? Claire, the kind of person was like, no, no, I'm ready. Hmm. Let's try it. Like, I want to try this. Yeah. I don't care who's watching. I'm going to do this. And because of that, think about how many students she taught. Think about how many friends she made. Think about the health issues she had, and still she came to Christmas Burns Red, knowing that what happened, actually happened, might happen. Yeah, and it did. Mm-hmm. And that's why you met her drinking milk <laughs> in a wheelchair, right. surrounded by her friends. That's what we remember about her. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So I, I'm taking that with me. I'm I'm keeping that with me for yeah. the rest of my life. Yeah, it's it's fuel, and it's really refreshing to see in someone, and I I would encourage you, if you're listening to this and you're a drummer and you're thinking, wow, I just don't know, don't listen to that voice in your head saying, Mm mm-mm, you don't got this. Instead, think about someone like Claire. Think about someone who has all these challenges and hurdles in her way and still says, you know what, what do I have to lose? Mm. And now we know how much she actually impacted and how much she actually did because she
2: stepped up to the bat, right? That's the point. That's right. That's it, man. That's it. So, practical application. Be unapologetically you. That's right. <laughs> don't don't sell yourself short. Unabashedly you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. Find out what that thing is that makes you unique, and and play to that strength, because it is a strength. That's right. It's exactly what it is. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. It's the it's only the thing you've one. got that no one else has, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very awesome. good. All right. Faith topic. Yeah. Uh, take it away. So um, I was asked a number of times to talk about grief uh, in light of Claire passing, um, but also just uh, because a lot of people wanted to hear our take on it. Um, I don't have a take on it. I'm very bad with this. <laughs> I'm, I'm not good at grieving. Uh, and... Um so I'll be completely honest with you all that i today i I got on the phone with uh with a grief counselor. <laughs> I talked to a grief counselor for uh for a good twenty minutes um he's also a friend of mine, so it wasn't just some random like hey g- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have a podcast <laughs> and I really need to talk to you um it wasn't Can I like steal that, your stuff you know? <laughs> right but um but I am stealing uh tactics from a friend of mine who is a grief counselor, and and, um, he knows 100% that that's what I'm doing here. (laughs) He gave Mm -hmm. me these tips to be able to share with you all, and we're going to have a conversation. This is going to be real. Um, I know for a fact we're not going to follow all of the notes that I have from uh, the conversation that I had earlier, but but that's okay. Um, Ultimately, I just want to be able to hit this um, for everyone listening. Uh, I want to be able to hit this for the inner circle who um, are grieving Claire alongside of us, um, but also for anyone who is grieving or has grieved or um, will grieve. Like this happens. Mm. This is this is what happens in life, and I'm sure at some point um, this is going to be something that you struggle with. And and so hopefully we can cover this. And I have a feeling it'll be more of a grief part one than a, mm-hmm. you know full on. We we covered this and hit it <laughs> hit it well in its entirety, but but we're going to do our best. So, um, grief so,
1: chapter one.
2: Yeah, grief chapter one. Uh, so so I, I mentioned I, I'm not good at grieving, um, and I mentioned at the very beginning of the episode how you know we all need to process things. Um, so I'm I'm just going to start by telling a story. Um, I've mentioned before that my wife and I. Had a miscarriage. Um, I've mentioned on this podcast that 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 this happened, and you know, I kind of we approached it head on. At the time that this happened, um, I was thinking one hundred percent about my wife, because this this was something that she was physically going through. Um, so I was thinking about her and the pain that she was going through. I was just trying to be there for her to support her Mm because this is her pain. And I don't understand what this is, what, you know, what she's going through. So I was just being supportive, um, around the same time, um, friends of ours lost their baby a day after, uh, she was due. Hmm. And so in my mind, I was like, man, I, I have nothing to complain about. Like, th- I, yeah, this is nothing. And I just shrugged the whole thing off to the point where people were, like, surprised that I was talking about it. Like, we were being open about it. And I actually ended up getting in a lot of converse- really good conversations with people who were like, yeah, I've, I lost, you know, we had a miscarriage, too. We just never told anybody. Like, that happened because I was open about it. But at the same time, I wasn't processing any of it. I wasn't grieving. Um, and Mm -hmm. here we go, like a year later hits me. Oh my gosh. Mm. I lost a child. Like Mm. I lost somebody. I lost, you know, someone that was my own and I, I never, I had never put it together. I never processed it. And then like out of nowhere, I was just like balling for hours. Like it just Whoa. hit me so hard. I ended up writing a song because that's how I that's how I process things. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and uh, you know and, and it and it dawned on me that like, man, like this was just sitting there, this was a burden, this was a weight on my shoulders that I I hadn't processed this. I hadn't grieved this. And then it hit me out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Because it had to. Like, I had to yeah. grieve this. I had to yeah. process this. Um, and, I, and I kind of made a commitment to myself to, like, I don't, I don't want to let that happen again. Like, I don't want it to take a year for me, and maybe it will for some of us, but, like, I don't want it to take a, a year for me to accept the fact that I need to grieve and process mm-hmm. this. I don't want to push it off and just pretend that it'll go away on its own. Um, that being said, losing someone is, it's like, losing a limb, right? It's um, you learn to move on without it, mm-hmm. um, but it's life is never quite the same, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that can work to your benefit. Sometimes that makes you a stronger person, right? So I'm going to start with a question that, um, that my friend and, and grief counselor asked me at the start of our conversation. So Matt, picture... Picture, um, and everyone listening, picture the the hardest moment that you've ever had to experience in your life. Um, Mm. Just imagine uh, being in that place. If you had the opportunity right now to remove that thing from ever happening to you, would you do it?
1: this morning actually in the doctor's office uh, that I was talking about earlier um, it it actually made me think about this and uh, on the way home I thought back to something that um, that I had written to, uh, to this person and what I had said was I will never wish we hadn't met I will never wish we hadn't met. I the pain that you go through when um you lose someone um it's 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 hard to it's hard to bear. Mm. Say it's hard to push through. Yeah. As as time moves on, you start to feel a little lighter. You start to stand up a little straighter. You you start to have a little more perspective. And all these years later, I, w- with 100% certainty, wouldn't trade what I went through for the world. I would not remove it from the, the book that my story is, mm-hmm. a chapter in the life that I'm living. Yeah. It's a, it's a chapter that was filled with, with pain and filled with so much good. And it continues to give me so much, even today, um, especially today, I would say. Mm. I, I, would, I would go through it all over again and a thousand more times. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's kind of bizarre, to say something like that, knowing how it hit me and how it affected me and what it was like. <clears throat> but my perspective on, on life now is life is hard. Yeah. And I I don't push away setbacks. I don't, I don't look at something that's painful and say, get away from me. I need to run as quickly as I can away from this. And I think that the experience I went through was maybe the first time in my life I, I faced something that I, I couldn't run away from. Yeah. It it was there and it was obvious. And to your point earlier, like it took maybe a year or so for you to to, to have to like really confront it. Um, The situation I was in, I, I couldn't really do that. And so it, it all hit me like a tidal wave. And once the water level receded, Slowly, very slowly, I could see that there was good in it. Mm. And I could feel myself uh, changing into someone that is, is better yeah. than the person I was before.
2: Right. And I I wouldn't trade that for the world. Yeah, it's funny that you said that because that's exactly what my answer was and my reasoning for it was that it made me who I am. It's I wouldn't be who I am. And I... Hmm. I like who I am because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it, and it's funny that you use the tidal wave uh, depiction because because actually he. Um, so I'm just gonna say it. his name's Andy. So if I say Andy, <laughs> Andy is my friend who's also a youth pastor, grief counselor, um, and um, he he uh, he described it like this. He said grief is like being in an ocean with unpredictable waves. Um, hmm. So. You know, sometimes you see the surface. Sometimes you see the shore. You see a way out, and then other times you're getting pummeled by waves. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you're gonna have good days and bad days when you're grieving. Um, you know, sometimes you get to the point where you think that you got over, you got through it, you got over it, mm-hmm. and then just like that, you get triggered by something. Mm-hmm. You see a picture. Yeah, you, you hear a song. You uh, smell something or you, mm-hmm. you see somebody, and it brings back all of those emotions and it hits you mm-hmm. like, a, like a ton of bricks. I mean, that's, it's gonna happen. That's just part of grief. I mean, that's what I've been, even like, I didn't even know Claire that well. But I remember, like, you know, after that call with the inner circle, I was like, okay, like, I was able to kind of process my feelings a little bit, grieve a little bit. You know, tear up a little bit. You know, but then Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, you know, I did it, and then a couple days later, it hit me again, like, holy crap! Like, I was Mm -hmm. in shock. Like, and that's just the process of grief, and you kind of have to just let it happen, right? (laughs) So, um, so what do you what do you do with that, right? It's like, so where I kind of want to take this conversation is, you know, we're we're right now the state that we're in, you and I, the inner circle. We're in this place of grieving, Claire. We're we're trying to figure mm-hmm. out why it happened. Uh, you know, at times we're we're mad at God for allowing it to happen, um, and we you know we don't understand, and that's completely normal. That's a human mm-hmm. response to this happening. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know, that, that's it's it's healthy. You know, um, I I. There's so many like laments in the Bible, uh, like mm-hmm. look at the Psalms, you know, where David's just like crying out, like, "Why, God? How could you mm-hmm. do this? How could you let this happen? Like, you know, it's not fair." And and that's that's a healthy way to respond. Yeah. You know, we need to do that. We need to take time. Um, and so, so how how do we how do we move forward? Right. We, we're going to be going through this. There's going to be good days and bad days. How do we, how do we deal with this? Um, so what Andy recommended to me was, um, and this is kind of taking a biblical perspective, but it's something that anyone can use, whether you're a Christian, a Bible-believing Christian or not. Um, and this is the idea of taking your thoughts captive. Um, as we've talked about in this podcast, on just about every episode, um, there is so much that happens in your mind. It's you know a daily struggle. Drumming is mental. Uh, life is mental. <laughs> it's something that you have to uh, be conscious of, and so taking your thoughts thoughts captive is just an idea of having, um, you know, some control over your thoughts and what you do and, and how you you know the positions that you put yourselves in. So um, what Annie was telling me is you have to fight back in the battle of your mind. and sometimes the hardest the hardest time to do that is when you're confused and you're hurting and you don't understand um, and it's easy just to reach for the bottle or uh, you know to do you know self-harm cutting, you know, I've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to take those thoughts captive. You have to fight back. Um, Proverbs 4.23 was a verse that he brought up specifically, and, and, and it basically says, like, the most important thing is that you guard your heart. Um, so what does that mean? Um, mm-hmm. And I'd like to explore that a little bit because I definitely have some practical ways... Uh, of applying this it's I, I want to make it clear that it's okay to be hurting it's okay to be grieving um, it's okay um, to not understand um, but with all of that just be conscious that you you can help yourself grieve and still stay healthy <laughs> St- mm-hmm. you know you can help yourself through it and so like I know for me um, music is a big part of my life
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: I gravitate towards music. Often it's, it's writing music to help me process what I'm feeling, to help me put into words what I don't know how to say, um, you know, eloquently, <laughs> the music kind of <laughs> speaks those emotions for me. Um, you know, but I also sometimes tend to listen to the music that's going to make me feel more Uh, vividly (laughs) what this feeling is you know Mm -hmm. I'll reach for the depressing music when I'm feeling depressed because I want to feel it even more I want to feel that Um, you know uh, I want to reach for alcohol because it numbs the pain I want you know what whatever it is Mm -hmm. um, I think what we need to do in this situation is to remove those things even if it's just temporarily Mm -hmm while we're in this state mm-hmm. don't subject ourselves to uh things that might just make things worse and drive us down a hole you know mm-hmm. because it's healthy to be in a in a in a tough spot it's healthy to be sad it's healthy to grieve but it's not healthy to take it the next step further right mm-hmm. and that's what i found myself like struggling not struggling with but just well yeah struggling with I'll just mm-hmm. put it out there, because I've thought about it, like how how can I ease this pain in situations like mm-hmm. this? how how what is the quickest and easiest way to just get through this? Um mm-hmm. and oftentimes it's not the right answer. It's not dealing with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not it's not confronting it. it's it's not letting uh, not letting myself grieve. It's finding ulterior things. So I'm mm-hmm. curious to know what your thoughts are on this section of grief, I guess.
1: Yeah. So tonight I was working with, um, kindergarten through second graders, uh, at a church event. And <laughs> the topic, uh, is for the next several weeks is the Beatitudes. Hmm. And, uh, the word Beatitude means blessing. So, in Matthew, the book of Matthew, which is the first book in the in the New Testament, uh, there is there are the words of Jesus uh, recounted by Matthew. Jesus spoke uh, on the Sermon on the uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, <clears throat> it's pretty pretty timely uh, that this came up tonight. Uh, Matthew five four, which is what we cover tonight, says, "Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted." I thought about that before we started recording and I remembered a time when I was standing on my driveway um, and I was standing beside my vehicle. It was packed with my stuff and I was about to move it all to a different location and I just remember sobbing, being on the phone saying, I cannot do this. I can't, I can't do this. Those words just still ringing in my head as I think mm. about it. I think that's the point. How can you say... Um, how can you include a blessing about those who are mourning other than to say, if you are mourning, you, you are pushed to the edge, and you, the only words you can find are, I can't do this. I have nothing left. In a moment like that, there is an opportunity to be comforted. Hmm. There is an opportunity for something greater to happen than what you can create in and of yourself. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Mourning is a a sign of um, surrender in a way. Hmm. Yeah. It's a sign of weakness. And it's a point in it's which vulnerable. you are, are arriving where you're saying, you know what, I have nothing to offer. You're emptied out. And now you have a situation that uh, actually is, is prime for change and for um, progress. Hmm. And I found myself in that situation at the, at the very lowest. Um, it, it took a long time. But that was the bottom for me. And yeah. to your point earlier, can can you think of a point in your life, if you're listening to this, um, where you were at the bottom, where you were mourning, and you were finding yourself saying those words, "I can't do this. How can I move on? Where do I go from here?" Hmm. There are denominations inside of Christianity that do a lot better job um, than the than the. Denomination I was raised in, and you, Tim, <laughs> is the same one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that that prepare for and expect this sort of thing, and when it happens, they embrace it actually because they are prepared for it. They know that it's going to produce a positive result in mm-hmm. the end. They look at it as an opportunity, not um, a permanent setback. Yeah. And when I look at this this entire idea of grief, I see an opportunity to be comforted. I see a blessing, actually, not a curse. Mm-hmm. And I think that my perspective on this really changed after I went through that because it was personal to me. I felt it. I knew it. It it was my friend. It's it's like yeah. um, it's like uh the song that disturbed. Uh, covered the sound of silence, um, which which is just a a really heavy song. The way they covered it, in a lot of ways, but it's it's just this idea of being alone and emptied out. Yeah, I think the words of Jesus here have tremendous meaning, and I think it's it's really important that we look at the beatitudes and figure out what is actually happening here that Jesus is saying blessed. Are those Mm. who mourn, for they will be comforted. In a time like this, you know, um, if we were to go to Claire's house and we were to walk in and her dad's standing there, um, if I was a grief counselor, I would walk in and I would stand there and I, I wouldn't feel the need to say anything. Just being there is a sign of comfort. Yeah. Just being with the person who has this tremendous loss and letting them know that, hey, I feel that loss too. And there's really nothing you can say. There's really nothing you can do Yeah. in a moment like that. <clears throat> when I was in that place, I didn't really want to be around anybody. And I, I think that that's actually a pretty healthy place to be because you're having to face it. Mm. There are obviously lots of stages of grief uh, we all know what they are and and how they progress in different ways for everybody. Um, but like you said earlier, it's it's really important that everyone faces grief and deals with it in their own way. Yep. Instead of looking at this textbook template for how to get through it. Yep. But I I think the bottom line for me was knowing that this was a really difficult place and just crying out physically. Mm-hmm. actually crying out and saying i cannot do this because there is an opportunity for something really great to happen right
2: yeah and that's where there is hope right um so i think it's interesting that you said you know, you know so I, I when you're when you're going through this i think there are things for sure that you need to process yourself by yourself mm-hmm. but i also think um you know so the first thing that that we did in the inner circle was be together you know mm-hmm. and i don't remember if i if i said it at the beginning of the episode or in the pre-roll but like our that was our first instinct as a group was like mm-hmm. claire's gone we need to we need to be together and we just sat there together and i think mm-hmm. it's really important that it's important to know that you can get through it on your own, and there's going to be times of healing that need to happen mm-hmm. when you're by yourself right. um, there're going to be certain things that are going to dawn on you and and you're going to start to process while you're by yourself and you're going to have to deal with those things on your own, but it's also important to know that there is there are people around you that mm-hmm. you can go through this with you know there's there it's It's really important to, uh, to have that community. Um, so Andy told me a story actually about this exact thing. And he was telling mm-hmm. me about, um, uh, <clears throat> there was like a, a filing cabinet. He works at a church. One of his, uh, one of his youth group students was there with him and there was this big, heavy filing cabinet that they needed to, to bring to the dumpster. And so he was sitting there with his, um, with his student and, and the student was like, all right, let's do it let's let's get this in the dumpster and, and Andy's like no no I've got some guys coming they're gonna help us uh, get this to the dumpster we're not gonna do this by ourselves and uh, and the students like I can do it watch, watch watch me do it and he does it uh-huh. he, he takes his filing cabinet and somehow gets this all the way across the parking lot into the dumpster um, And goes back inside the guys you know the other guys that were gonna help come out I'm like what what happened to the filing cabinet oh yeah he, he did it himself <laughs> um, and then uh, Andy was telling me that at some point they were like, where is this kid? And they start looking around the church for him, and he's passed out on the couch because <laughs> he was so tired from doing that. And then apparently yeah. he was complaining the entire following week about being sore. And it's like, okay, right. so he did it. Hurts. He did it himself. He did it. He got through, he got through it. He completed the, the job. But how much easier would it have been... If he yeah. had just waited for those three other guys to show up and then five of them mm-hmm. took that heavy filing cabinet and got it to the dumpster. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have been so much easier. And so that was kind of the picture that Andy brought to me. It's like, you can do this on your own. Like, you can get through it. But how much easier would it be if you did it with some other people? You know? And yeah. and that's what I've felt, like, uh, just with, with the inner circle, um with, with going through this, it's just like the community that we have here has just been so supportive and, and going through it with them has been the easiest, like processing this and going through it together and sharing Mm -hmm. that time, um, has seriously made it easier. Um,
1: and and uh, I think, I,
2: I, I think there's another
1: point to this too, which is, um, Claire's Claire's passing means that she's at peace and she's at rest and we are still here. Mm. And there's a reason for that. And maybe part of the reason for that is because there are other people who are in need. Yeah. And we can learn from this friendship that we have with Claire, and we can say, well, what would Claire want? And I, you know, knowing Claire a little bit, I would say that she doesn't want things to um, come to a screeching halt. This is right. not the end of the world. It feels like the end of the world. And it's it's going to take time to heal mm-hmm. the situation that those of us that are left behind find ourselves in. But uh, ultimately, thinking about Claire, it's like I just still see her smiling face. I still, I still see her work ethic and her ambition and uh, her wanting to just... Play music and make herself a better musician every single day. Yeah, and alongside of that, it's like yeah, and there are other people who need help. Some of some of those people might be us, <laughs> who are looking for someone right. to come in and say, "Hey, you know, I need a hand here."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I think that that's that's a really important purpose to to remember, um, in that it's not just it's not just that something really sad happened, but also it's, it's an opportunity to say, how can we help ourselves? Mm-hmm. How can we help other people? I remember going to um, a support group, sort of a support group, after um, this, you know, challenging time. And like you're saying, I was with other people who had gone through something similar to me um, and were learning and were, and were really trying to work things out. And it was really helpful to mm. be with people who, who understood. Yeah. Now that now that we've lost a friend, we we have an opportunity to relate to someone else who has also lost someone, mm-hmm. or has a, or who has also faced incredible pain and grief, still grieving. Mm-hmm. And like Claire, <laughs> I would say um, there's probably no better time than now to step up and say, I I don't have all the answers here. I wouldn't say that I'm proficient in this thing, but that doesn't mean it should stop me mm-hmm. from doing this thing that i that i that is so personal to me right now even though i feel totally inadequate i mean the whole idea of the christian message is you know human beings who aren't qualified are asked to do something that they they really don't feel competent to do mm-hmm. which is live out the gospel you know um and that you look at you look at my life 20 years ago, I mean, I stuttered over every word and it was a real hurdle for me. Mm -hmm. And even in the midst of that, you know, I I tried to push and I tried to push and I tried to push and there was so much good that came through that and from that, because I remember what it was like to have that experience. Right. This is an experience that we've all gone through for a reason. And I really believe that. I, I don't believe that this is just something that you just so happen to know Claire and be friends with her, like, this is important. Mm-hmm. And it's a legacy that Claire has left behind for others to pick up and say, all right, I learned from this, and I'm going to take this. I'm not just going to waste it. I'm not just going to sit here forever and um and, and think, man, why, 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 why? I mean, you could ask that question forever, yeah. and the answers might not ever be evident. Mm-hmm. But what if you were to Take what you learn from this and help other people, yeah, moving forward.
2: yeah yeah, it's like the, the, what you do is like I, I mean circle it back to the, the first question that I asked when we started this topic. It's like mm-hmm. would you would you change anything? Would you go back and take that time away? The answer mm-hmm. for me was no. the answer for you is no. It made us who we are, made us a better made us better people, uh, mm-hmm. equipped us. You know, it mm-hmm. it strengthened us. It, uh, it, it you know, so I I think the hope here is to hold on to that. Like, I can say that, I mean, there's been so many times in my life where it felt hopeless, mm-hmm. where it felt like there was no end to the suffering.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then I'd get through it. And it would take me a little while, but at some point, I, I always get to the point where I look back and I say, Yeah, that needed to happen. That was, Mm -hmm. it wasn't good, but it was good. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it hurt. And I I wish that I could go back and and change things. But at the same time, this made Mm -hmm. me who I am and it's, and it's good. And I see how it has made me who I am today. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And so if there's any hope here, I think it's that because you will get through it. Mm-hmm. You will heal. Uh, it's still going to be like losing a limb in some cases where life is not the same. Don't expect it to be mm-hmm. the same. But, um, but you can heal, you can move on, um, and you can get stronger. Um, and that's definitely mm-hmm. the case uh, for, for me. I, I've had a lot of loss over the last two, three years, like more than I have ever had in my entire life. And so grieving is a, is a consistent uh, thing that I have to learn how to do, <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, and relearn how to do, and it's, um, and that you know here we are back again grieving someone else, mm-hmm. and, and it's mm-hmm. it sucks, man. It's terrible. It's 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 so hard, um, but but we're gonna get through it. We're gonna get through it together, mm-hmm. um, and we're gonna look back at some point and say, yeah, that made me stronger that Mm -hmm. i needed that
1: yeah do you remember one of our first episodes we talked about horatio spafford losing Mm -hmm. his his four girls and um you know imagine the loss yeah Um, dude and yet look at what it it brought the world in a a macro way it brought us um you know an amazing story and an amazing hymn and then you zoom in on on his personal response to it and his personal life and what did it do in him created a reaction where he looked to God and he said, um, I, I don't know how to deal with this pain. Hmm. How can I move on from this? And funny enough, it, it made him look at his own life and his own sin. It made him look at, at how um, he, he comes up short time and time again. Why did he think of that? Well, because he looked at the cross. He looked at Jesus who suffered pain like we've never experienced and why did he suffer it it wasn't just arbitrary it was intentional it had purpose it Mm. was for him it was for this man just if only just for one person then it would have been enough yeah and that's the kind of comfort that were promised in matthew 5 4 for those who mourn what what a a benefit to humanity that we experience heartbreak in the moment, it is horrific, but in the long term, it's necessary, and it's important, actually. And I think that might be my favorite part of Christianity. Mm-hmm. That, that might be my favorite aspect, is that it's not just arbitrary and pointless, because if it was, we would run as hard as we could to the bottles, right. yeah. or to every other um, sort of, of distraction, Mm-hmm because what's the point there is no point in it. so do everything you can to avoid setback and pain and suffering but actually in christianity we find a purpose to it we don't necessarily find an answer but we find reason and it's significant yeah and it it can produce in each one of us something that nothing else in life really can yeah nothing can create the kind of opportunity like this kind of situation can My challenge for those listening, my challenge to myself, is to look at Claire and smile the way she did and realize the legacy that she left behind and the call that it leaves on every one of us. The call to rise up, stand up, do what you don't think you can do. Realize that as unqualified as you feel like you are in anything, whether it's drumming, whether it's work whether it's you know relationships whether it's overcoming something she did it time and time and time and time again what does that have to say about our lives we're here for a reason yeah we miss claire tremendously and two things can be true at the same time and they are certainly at this point that's
2: right yeah so if you're listening to this and you've lost somebody, maybe you're grieving now. Um, just know that you're not alone. <laughs> you've got a an entire uh, community of people and two podcast hosts grieving alongside you, <laughs> at the very least. Um, and uh, you're, you're not alone. Uh, there is hope. And uh, yeah we're we're here for you so i hope that this conversation was was helpful in some way um going through grief uh at least for me uh nothing really eases the pain but Mm -hmm. um but i hope this at least made it feel a little better (laughs) Or, Mm -hmm. or gave you some tips and tricks on how to get through it uh a little bit easier um so, mm-hmm. so thank you for listening. Um, and uh, just uh, thank you to the inner circle for, for being that community for me. Uh, I encourage, mm-hmm. you, uh, encourage you all to find uh, a group of people that you can be yourself around and that you can mm-hmm. uh, cry with, uh, process with, uh, sit in silence with. Um, it's really mm-hmm. important um, not to go it alone. Um, and, uh, I guess speaking on that, not to do the shameless plug thing, but we do have (laughs) an amazing community of people surrounding this Mm -hmm. podcast. Um, uh, and I say it every time they really are just an amazing group of people that really care. Um, and we're all grieving and processing this together. Um, if you're interested in supporting the podcast and being a part of this community, um, I'll keep it simple. Check out patreoncom ghost Notes. Lots of different tier levels. Um, and honestly, I'm going to throw it out there right now. Um, if you can't afford it <laughs> and you need help, mm-hmm. uh, still reach out to us. Matt and Tim at the uh or Instagram, Holy Ghost Notes. Um, reach out because um, no one should have to go through this by themselves. Mm-hmm. so, so hit us up um yeah and we're gonna do something a little different to end off this podcast um episode um being that Claire was a big part of our inner circle community um I've asked uh, uh a number of people uh in the inner circle uh if they're interested um they're going to uh be sharing just a, a little message to Claire and I'm going to uh we're going to have those play after we wrap up here. Um, so mm-hmm. feel free to listen if you want to. But um, this, this episode is in honor of Claire, and uh, I can't think of a better way to end it off than to have uh, her friends and family uh, mm-hmm. be able to, to you know share that. So Yeah, yeah. that's
1: right. Thank you, Tim, and uh, thank, thank you, you all for listening. This has been really good very important to talk about and um really appreciate all the support for this podcast uh if if nothing else in our three years together has uh, has reinforced the fact that it's important that we have these conversations uh, it's this because claire was a part of it and uh That's right she really supported it she really got behind it and i i i'm really grateful i got to know her yeah me too uh, we
2: me miss too. you claire we got to end off the way that we always do, and Claire was uh, one of the best at it, if I've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. For Claire. For Claire.
1: Peace. peace. Claire, our family will never be the same without you. You will live forever in our memories. The Inner Circle loves you so much. Rest in peace, Milk Dud. Hey, Claire, we love you and we miss you, we're sad that you're gone.
0: The group chat and the weekly calls aren't the same without you, but we are thankful for the time that we've got to spend with you.